0: There's a lot of questions surrounding Tether, the third largest crypto by market cap. With the collapse of UST, people want to be sure that there is liquid backing dollar for dollar behind USDT. Is the world's biggest stablecoin too big to fail? Today, we welcome the Chief Technology Officer of Tether, Paulo Arduino, to the show to ask these tough questions. We also discuss FTX, audits, and the future of cryptos in general. We're a fairly stable podcast with unstable podcast hosts. Hopefully, our guests can bring some stability to the show on this episode number 655 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Five.
1: Who's
0: bad? I'm feeling unstable. Somebody hodl me. <laughs> Is there anything new? you're not stable neither
1: one of us are stable this is the world's most unstable cryptocurrency podcast unstable for five and a half years of instability
0: wow welcome to the bad crypto podcast we are the metaverse morons the web three weenies the algorithmic asshats bad crypto badasses duck duck going stuff so you don't have to and uh, we are really excited about today's show because it's uh you know rare that you get c-level people from the big cryptos to come on the show to uh, to talk about what's going on we've tried to reach out to the ceo of bitcoin no response um you know so maybe one day that'll happen i don't know
1: yeah, this one's going to answer some questions because we we touched some on some some pretty interesting topics with this guy because I know a lot of people are thinking, wow, is, U, is USDT, is Tether, is, is it stable? Is it going to last the long run? What's going to happen? Is it going to crash? And uh, so we cover some of that today with the CTO of Tether who assures us that maybe or maybe not. We'll see. You got to listen.
0: Well, you believe him? Let's find out. Here we go. I guess you can say we're a stable podcast hosted by unstable people because we've been doing this five and a half years now, Trav.
1: So, which one's the stable one?
0: Clearly, me. Clearly, you. And is, that, is there really is that even up for debate?
1: I seem pretty stable. I mean, I'm definitely more more you know sturdy.
0: I expect you to break out in a re any second.
1: I'm not. I'm not that easily offended. But thank you,
0: though. I well, that. as long as we're talking about stable, one of the uh, most controversial subjects in the crypto world has been stable coins, and one of the coins has been in the spotlight again and again with lots of questions surrounding it, in spite of its massive adoption of course we're talking about usdt tether and today we are privileged to have with us the cto of tether mr paulo arduino paulo thanks for coming on bad crypto
2: hey guys thank you for having me
0: absolutely why don't you uh, go ahead and give us a little bit of your history in crypto and and how you came to be with tether
2: sure so i i started coding at a very young age so I started coding since I was 8 years old and uh, it kept kept growing in me uh, the passion always excited about uh, privacy cryptography uh, distributed applications um and uh, parallel computing so you know part initially at the beginning of my career worked on um uh, super cool communication system for battlefields for you know uh, resilient communications in battlefields and then you know was in Italy, didn't pay much. So moved to finance to, you know, trying to make up a living. And uh, so started working for a few hedge funds, started to build software for them, understanding all the intricacies intricacies of finance, um, you know, also the bad habits of of finance and the really, really bad infrastructure of uh, traditional financial systems. So, you know, it's... Just to summarize, it is all kept by together by rubber and bands. Um, in 2014, I had the privilege to start becoming and help. Well, becoming one of the developers of Deep Phoenix, just focusing on the matching engine. Um, the platform was more and more adopted. Um, and hence, they had some sort of uh, lags and issues with the performances of their matching engine. So I was asked to, given my expertise in in in, in um, you know parallel computing and scalable applications, to you know, was asked to improve that. And uh, in two thousand seventeen, I became also the CTO of uh, Tether, so um, taking care of the security side, uh, blockchains integrations, and uh, you know um, setup of multisig and and, and similar. So, uh, yeah, that is my, energy in, is in my story. I'm just uh, a dude that codes.
1: Dude that codes at, the, at some of the highest levels, right? And I mean, from what, what you've done, you know, working with the military as a researcher and some of those things, learning about cryptography and doing some of those things kind of prepared you for where you are today, which is an exciting thing. And I think a lot of people, if they're looking at your background, they're saying, okay, wait a second, you're the CTO of Bitfinex. And the CETO of Tether. How does that work, and how do they work together?
2: Well, and also I'm the CSO of At Hole Punch, this new amazing peer-to-peer communication system that we are building. Um, that sounds so, really busy to me. That's like a, that's a lot, a lot of stuff. Going yeah. On. I hope, thanks I hope a lot,
0: Elon Musk over there. Good luck. Yeah. Do you know? I hope you're <laughs> delegating like crazy. <laughs>
2: I'm a control freak, um, so but also yeah, I have great teammates. So uh, ton of delegation, but uh, I like to call the, the the shots when it comes to architecture and uh, and security. Um, you know the history of crypto has been flowed by so many hacks that I'm always you know scared and always you know uh, uh, making sure that I can review every single line of code that is pushed to the systems to make sure that you know we we don't have any any problems. Um so well, yeah, I really so on the on the Bitfinex side, well, we have an amazing team of engineers, and I uh, still the, the main developer of the matching engine. Um, I, you know it's kind of one of my passions to make sure that we can squeeze as much performance as possible. So this with this last update that we published just a few weeks ago, we were able to go below one millisecond of full round latency. Um, that is quite an achievement for A platform that started from crypto, right? In 2014, when I joined, uh, we could process only 50 to 100 order per second. Now we are basically at 1 million order per second. Like in 2014, crypto exchanges were uh, felt like more e-commerces for Bitcoin rather than, uh, you know, (laughs) rather than trading platforms. And nowadays, well, the fast forward, we hired, you know, not just us, but the general industry hired many professionals from other industries And now things seem um, quite better from the infrastructure point of view. Um, And on the Tether side.
1: Did did you say a million transactions per second? That's correct. And is that Bitfinex or is that Tether?
2: No, it's Bitfinex. So, you know, the matching engine is the part of um, the system that takes the orders from the different users and match them. Right, so of course we go, we go in parallel on multiple. So we have one CPU dedicated per trading pair. So you can, every trading pair can independently use as much performance as possible for, for per core.
0: Well, let's go ahead and, and get to basics because there's a lot of people that might be listening to the show that don't even understand how a stable coin works. So give us a, a basic bird's eye definition of Tether and how it works.
2: Sure. So Tether is as simple as a dollar and a blockchain. Now, let me expand on that. So Tether was born in 2014, right? Tether is the company that created the concept of stable coins. So the reason of to exist of Tether at the beginning was, I'm not sure how many of you guys uh, um, that are listening remember the crypto sphere and ecosystem in 2014. Uh, but definitely was challenging, right? So, um, Bitcoin was traded on four or five top exchanges at that time. There was Bitfinex, Kraken, Bitstamp, uh, Coinbase, and OKCoin. And uh, um, in order to run an exchange or having, you know, a healthy exchange, you need the market makers. But also, you want to make sure that the price of Bitcoin is pretty much the same across all the exchanges, right? So. In 2013 was the first time Bitcoin went above $1,000 and you had some exchanges that were trading 1.2,000, other exchanges that were trading $900, right? Because the reason for that was that um, in order to keep prices aligned across exchanges, you you needed to have uh, arbitrageurs. Arbitrageurs are those traders that sell Bitcoin on the exchange where the price is higher and buy back on the exchange where the price is lower. Of course, when you do that, you have to move dollars from one exchange to another. And in 2014, moving dollars from one exchange to another would take five days. So the arbitrage opportunity was basically gone. So um, the the reason of, of Tether to exist initially was, okay, let's Use this brilliant technology that Bitcoin created, was called blockchain, and why we don't use you know, blockchain to move dollars. So at this, at this at that time, you could move well um, Bitcoin in 10 minutes. Um, Bitcoin block time is one you know one block every 10 minutes, pretty much. And um, we wanted to just use the same thing for Tether, and so suddenly we could optimize the the trading markets. For, uh, for 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 uh, across exchanges, so that is a symptom of um, growing a more maturing industry. And nowadays, tether is becoming many more things. It is actually an inflation hedge for Turkey, for El Salvador, for uh, you know, for Venezuela, for Argentina, and so on. Right. So it's basically is the installed monetary base of tether is growing because people just need to not uh, be subject to the enormous inflation due to their, um, you know, national currency like the Turkish Lira that lost 80% year on year um to, to, you know, from monetary policies and so on, right? So it's actually being used as a way to, as a lifeline for, for many people around the world, especially in emerging markets and developing countries.
1: Yeah, so somebody, if they have some Bitcoin, right? <laughs> let's just say, let's say, hey, you know what? I think the price of Bitcoin's going lower. I'm going to sell my Bitcoin, but they don't typically sell the Bitcoin out to their bank account. They normally will put it in USDT or they're going to put it in USDC or some other stable coin. Now, we've seen what happened to UST with Luna, right? We saw how they were over leveraged. They didn't have enough. We just went through this horrendous thing with FTX. And so I know a lot of people are out there right now talking about what what happens if Tether fails. What happens if Tether does not have enough in the reserves to get us through this? Bitcoin, we could see sub $5,000 price in Bitcoin because people wouldn't have a mechanism to easily get out. And so I guess my question to you, Paolo, would be how do you ensure that Tether never goes down? Because we need this decentralized stable coin more than ever because we are on the precipice of this technocracy that wants to bring in these central bank digital currencies and they want to get rid of a lot of this crypto stuff so how do we build up the faith and ensure that tether never crashes
2: well um just to be clear tether has older reserves that are extremely liquid right so there is a huge difference between terra and uh, you know all the other stable coins that failed and tether so with um, the latest attestation we have seen we have shown that uh 82.5% of uh, of the assets of Tether are cash and cash equivalents. We increased the um, number of uh, the, exp- the the exposure to US Treasury bills. You know all that uh, craziness about uh, you know the commercial papers. Well, we dis- we showed to our community that in less than one year we could do take the 30 billion dollars that we had in in um, in uh, commercial papers and move everything to US T bills, right? So Tether listen to the community and uh, act in the best interest of the community. So the rest of um, the remaining 70% of assets are extremely collateralized assets by extremely with the the collateral being extremely liquid. No ftt nothing like that is overly overly collateralized assets, right? We have displayed also with Celsius with all the other you know companies that blew up that Tether has been the only one, only company not being exposed to, uh, you know, these uh, market issues, has taken risk management extremely seriously. You know, everyone is looking and obsessed by Tether, but uh, look at all the companies that are failing, right? So all the companies that were considered the white knights, the holy heroes of the crypto industry, and yet, you know, they all failed their customers, Tether has all the reserves that are extremely liquid, was able to process $7 billion in redemptions in, in, a, in between the fourteen and fifteen of May. And so in 48 hours, process $7 billion of redemption that were around 10% of our reserves. No bank in the world can do that. The first bank that tried to do that was Washington Mutual in 2008, and they went belly up. Tether redeemed $20 billion in uh, 30 days. That was 30, uh, 20, 25% of our reserves. And uh, recently, Tether kept redeeming. Always redemption, honored, no failed to honor a single redemption, all redeemed at $1. So, I mean, we. it's not that we don't have enough information. We have a ton of information about ourselves out there, but also we have something that others don't have that are facts right so we have facts that say that we can redeem what people need in cash in dollars right so well, let me let me explain
0: the- why people are obsessed paulo people are obsessed because if you look here at uh, the crypto market cap tether is the number 3 in crypto market cap with a market cap of 65 65- billion dollars ahead of USDC which is at 44 billion on your website you talk about transparency and say here's how we're backed but the audit is is still not happened this article in coin goes back to July of 2021 Tether promises audit in months, as Paxos claims USTD is not a real stablecoin. So this was uh, more than a year ago. So I went looking, all right, has any information been released? I ended up at BlockWorks, and the page that uh, the headline is Tether pushes back timeline and audit report, I get a 404. It's gone from the website. So I had to go to archive.org to find the actual article that was captured but is no longer there. Where, uh, where you said that you per- promise a full review of its books and the timeline is being pushed back. Of course, you're the you're the guy they go to for this in which you said it was likely months away still. So the question is, is why is this taking so long to ha- get an audit? All
2: right, let's unpack that, right? So you you, you rightfully express um, uh, the opinion that a uh, few people in the industry have, right? So... Uh, Let's look at the first thing. So no other other stablecoin has um, audits. The industry standard is attestation. So I think it's unfair to single us out. That is the first thing. Second thing is, yes, we are working on an audit. First of all, a few months ago is around three months ago. We moved from our accounting company that was um, Moore Kaiman, right, was um, top, well was the 12th biggest company in the world to a top five company in the world that is just out the first one outside the big four companies right that do attestations that do accounting so we actually have the company that does accounting that does attestations that is the most reputable among the others stablecoins so also, we are working... So oh, let, before we go there, let me explain you why doing an audit with also a big four is so difficult. Because we have contacted them and we try to work with a few of them of the big four. And the issue is that without having clear regulations on stable coins, they don't want to take the, the risk. For them, is a, reputation, a reputational risk, right? So how you can fully audit something that you don't know exactly how you should uh, audit, right? Because if there is no regulator, big regulators, of course, that tells you how many, which type of reserves are allowed, how many reserves, what is the type of backing that is allowed, what is the processes that you should allow, and so on, let, that takes um, enormous risk on the shoulders of uh, the big four. So they have too much to lose. I think is unfair, but it is what it is. We got this exact answer. Now... We believe that with BDO um and there are right now right now other companies interested in proceeding with the audit. So it's not that we didn't try We are ready and we're working towards it. We have again, we changed our um uh accounting company just to prove that we can uh raise the bar. And that is that remains our top priority. So again, it's not something that only um is this is not just our issue? Is an issue of the industry, and definitely FTX didn't ha- didn't help, right? So the more you make it a step forward, the more people are scared because FTX said, "Well, we have this." FTX claimed to have a gap audit. FTX was, you know, so regulated, and look what happened. So I can tell you that auditors are scared. So it takes time. You know, I I'm the first one. Um, to say that, uh, unfortunately, it's taking more time than what we wanted. We are not alone in not having an audit. And also the guys that claim to have an audit, uh, you know, they they went belly up. So uh, um, in this way, uh, the uh, auditing firms are extremely scared. And so we need now to regain the trust for an entire industry.
0: So you understand why it looks questionable to people because – you know, the, the, it, it, this is not the first time there's been something that's that's happened that's uh, that's questionable. The the attestation that was done by Tether probably before you came on in 2017 showed that Bitfinex, which is a sister company, transferred $382 million to the bank account just before the attestation took place. And you guys settled a case. Nobody admitted or denied, you know, the allegations were true or not. But it's certainly suspicious and that I think that's why people are rightfully so concerned to ask these questions.
2: I'm not. So the beauty of, um, the beauty is that people should be allowed to ask questions and answers should be given. Right. So I'm not annoyed by people asking questions. Absolutely not. What I'm saying is that this industry, you know, my, you know, my scene that, uh, um, Everything is easy from the outside. But we have fought both with Tether, with Bitfinex, with Whole Punch, with Synonym for the industry more than anyone else. And while everyone was looking at us, uh, many other companies failed. So what I'm saying is that questions are always fine, right? So absolutely. But the problem is that what I find, uh, I'm finding myself and little bit bitching about it is like being single out or like being like that this black sheep when you know all the mighty heroes are failing around
1: mm, i don't know that they're necessarily going after you or targeting you like that they're just trying to see transparency within the space right and and my thing would be this is that i don't know how what tether's doing if they're doing anything wrong i trust tether i have usdt if it collapsed i would be very sad boy right Um, But what I would like to see um, is some sort of proof of transparency within exchanges, right? So it could be POT, POT, proof of transparency. At any time, I'd like to look at and see, oh, look, you know, uh, Tether has this. Binance has this. Oh, look, BUSDT or BUSD. Oh, I can look and see. And it's almost like this, Paulo, if in my mind, right, and I think a lot of people's mind is, if I give you $10,000 or I'm buying Tether with $10,000, that $10,000 should just go into a bank account or something, right? So you could almost be like, oh, we have $65 million and, or a billion, and there it is. And like uh, an audit probably shouldn't be so hard if those are, if those deposited funds from users are there and not in distributed places. That's what a layman would look at that and say. So, you know, sixty-five. Billion dollars worth of assets, there should be $65 billion over here, as long as there's not fractional reserve banking going on of some sort or leverage
2: can I? so let me answer to that well we have the attestation so people diminish the value of the attestation the attestation shows exactly what we have right the, the difference between an attestation and full audit is that the audit shows also the attestation is more punctual right every, we we are doing every 3 months we are trying to make it and we are improving our processes mm-hmm. to make more, to make it faster so that we can release it release it monthly right so we started from 3 months and it was taking 45 to 50 days to do the attestation and to collect all the information and provide the information to the auditors and and do the attestation now we are going below the 30 days so that we can release it monthly so it's not that we don't have anything we have exactly what the other stable coins have and also we if you look at the length and the details of our attestation is much is far higher than the others also, we did the very same thing with Bitfinex. With Bitfinex, we released a proof of uh, reserve. So we showed, we displayed, and we provided all the hot and cold wallet addresses of Bitfinex. And also, we have developed ourselves a tool. I developed with um, a couple of guys myself a tool called Antani that also does proof of liabilities with a Merkle, with a Mer- Merkle tree and with uh, a ring signature type style of uh, of of accounting, so that people with privacy can verify that what we claim they should have in the in in, in the asset is effectively on with Phoenix. So I agree that the transparency of this industry should keep increasing. That I'm I'm battling with that. I'm working. Also, I'm helping my team to achieve that. So I. Again, I'm not saying that we shouldn't be more transparent and more transparency shouldn't be asked to everyone in this industry. Everyone is right, has the right to be scared, especially in this moment. So not saying no to what you are claiming. I'm explaining the journey that we had in order to achieve what we have today. And also I'm saying that the journey is not finished yet.
0: Well, we're we're definitely we're for you know everybody in the crypto space uh, to to win. We need for USDT and USDC to survive and not fall apart, right? So that's that's what we want. But you know, to to your point about attestations, uh, FTX certainly had their attestations, but they were BS, right? So the an external audit from a third party definitely adds credibility and value and so you're saying it's likely months away can you give us a, like what is a drop dead date
2: that you think we can expect so, to see this so first of all um ftx claimed to have a gap audit not an attestation okay. but made by a third party so what i'm saying is that uh, all these um, so attestations audits are extremely important but also, it's important to have facts. So the first time someone withdrew from FTX, they went badly up because they didn't have the funds. Tether was able to um, redeem $7 billion in two days and was able to uh, redeem $20 billion in 30 days. Plus, we did $5, 6000000000 billion in the last week or so. right? So the most important, and so we didn't just prove that tether is solid, right? We also prove that the banking, our banks are solid. We also prove that our KYC and ML is solid because it's not like, okay, someone is redeeming money and that's it, right? The biggest redemption that we had in one day as a one single transaction was $700 million, right? So it means that, you know, if the receiving bank will see, you know, a wire for $700 million, we'll likely question what that is about. And no questions were asked because the KYC AML processes, our reporting to regulators, our ability to work with law enforcement. We froze, by the way, also with FTX. We were the only stable coin to act immediately and help uh, both Bahamas and um, other law enforcement agencies to freeze assets immediately and we returned more than 200 million dollars to their to legitimate customers within the last two years um, due to hacks and and stuff right we are always there we understand that uh, people are relying on tether and also i know that uh, usdc understands the same for their side so definitely we are working towards an audit to answer your question i don't want to com- to give you a specific date i don't know what will happen with regulators now with FTX, so we'll uh, we'll see. We'll have I'm I'm seeing a lot of questioning around not just stablecoins, crypto in general. The aggressivity from regulators will severely impact our industry. So we are going we are going to be and we are laser focused on the audit, but it will take time.
1: It it is interesting. So I would ask this question. Since Tether is a stable coin that's holding all the monies sitting there and all stable coins essentially do that, how do those stable coins actually make money? If there is, if if they're not pulling anything from the reserve or pulling any customer funds and there's no dividends and there's no reinvesting of those funds that come into Tether, like what is the business model for these stable coins to make money so that they can continue doing what they do? I bet
2: people have that question. That's a great question. So, we have so in general, stable coins have well, the, the asset backed stable coins like that are and Circle and the others. So, I'm not talking about Terra and the uh, you know, and the decentralized stable coins, right? So, let's focus on the, the biggest asset or the biggest category of stable coins that um, I represent. So, we have two ways of uh, making revenues because. The first thing when you, you talk with with a regulator, the first thing that they ask you is, is your business model viable and will remain viable. So the first uh, uh, way for us to make revenues that is unique to Tether is issuances and redemption fees. We have ten basis points issuance and redemption fee. Um, that is really important because when interest rates are bust, uh, are, are are low. You need to maintain a viable business model. The, in this moment, interest rates on TBLs are really high, uh, approaching almost four percent on on um, you know um, low maturity like three to six months. And so you know you you can make the calculation, right? So how many assets we are, have under management and multiply by you know three um, percent, let's say, on the worst case scenario. Right. So you can understand that uh, Tether is an extremely profitable business and doesn't need to do anything bad in order to make money. We don't need to you know, commingle customer assets. We don't need to do crazy things. It's just we hold the, the funds in our bank account. Every time someone wants to acquire Tether, we make money. When someone wants to redeem Tether, we make money because we need to also guarantee that if, for example, last year, interest rates were really low, we needed to maintain a, bi- a viable business model. But you can see that if someone, so issuing $85 billion of tether that was our peak made $85 million in revenues, right? And so then when people redeem, you make money and so on. So it's important. That is the first part. And then again, now the, the biggest uh, money, um, the biggest returns are, on the interest rates because they are the ones that are providing um, that. Well, since the Fed increased interest rates, now they are uh, you know the most prominent part in in terms of earnings.
0: So, go ahead, Trev.
2: Yeah, I have a question around this. So,
1: you know, when I pay attention to global politics, right, and I I can kind of see some things that are happening. It looks to me like the dollar is losing power worldwide as its reserve currency right it it looks like because historically you know if you wanted to buy oil in your country you have to buy dollars first and then you buy oil right and then i saw what was happening with russia and ukraine everyone saw that but what i saw was the price of the of the rupee uh of the ruple excuse me was dramatically lower than i thought it should have been i mean for one dollar it was like 115 ruples and i was like oh my god I would take a lot of my stable coins right now and put them in a, a RuPaul stable coin. And if I had done that, I would have doubled my money. I could see that it happened. But I don't have access to a RuPaul sta- stable coin. I didn't seem that I have access to a Chinese stable coin. I don't have access to a Brazilian, the BRICS uh, economy, right? Brazil, Russia, India, China, South uh, Africa. I don't have access to stable coins in those. So when is there going to be a Forex component to this where I could see, I don't know that I trust the U.S. dollar. So in my mind, if the U.S. dollar collapses, USDT would collapse because there's that similar sim, uh, that similar value there. But at that moment, I would say I'd like to get out of my USDT, move it into rupee DT, a Rupal DT, even the Indian one or the Russian one, right?, Is that coming? Is that something we're going to be able to do? And why is it that we're not able to use stable coins in other currencies effectively yet?
2: So this is a great question. Um, First of all, let me tell you that we, in fact, have different flavors of Tether. So we have Tether Euro. We have Tether Chinese Yuan offshore. And we have Tether Mexican pesos. And uh, we have Tether Gold. Actually, the reality of things is that The no one cares about the euro, just just really uh, openly. No Mm -hmm. one cares about the others. So the point is that yes, the BRICS are become are more and more powerful, but at least given our experience, especially in emerging markets, everyone wants the dollar, right? So is they don't care about anything else. They want the which is like so it.
1: weird to me. It's so weird that people don't care about it in the crypto space, knowing that the Federal Reserve Bank has never been audited, and knowing that we could potentially be teetering on this global economy craziness right now, because you know we've we've seen that there's a global margin call in the world. That's crazy. We saw that the Bank of England was almost bankrupt. There's some crazy shit going down, and it's almost like, what is the best hedge bet for your crypto? If the dollar's not the best bet, why would you tie them all up in stable coins tied to the dollar? That's my question.
2: But if you're saying most people
1: don't give a shit about that, then that tells
2: me most people aren't paying attention. I agree. Well, actually, the one, the only one that is working is uh, Tether Gold. So the gold one is well understood, and you know there is this sort of. Um, Uh, fight in the crypto world between gold bugs and and Bitcoiners, right? So, but my point, at least what I'm seeing is that Gold is not in competition with Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a better version of gold, but actually, gold is in competition with the dollar and with the other fiat national fiat currencies. Mm-hmm. So that is the thing that actually is working more. So we are around five hundred million dollars of market cap with uh, with Tether Gold, that is you know, fully backed by. Um, what is that?
1: USGT.
2: What is what is the what's the symbol? XAUT. XAUT. AUT. Okay, nice. All right and so basically the dude we've been talking about
0: this one for a long time too joel like yeah
1: wow okay we're tied to dollars that's great but i really wouldn't mind being tied to gold this is not a bad idea
0: yeah this is actually uh the next question i had for you so excellent uh transition that just happened accidentally um so we're looking for audits on usdt
2: where's the gold (laughs) <laughs> so the gold is actually in Switzerland. So the gold is purely physical. So we don't hold any gold notes or, you know, um, or futures is, um, is fully in Switzerland. So it is reviewed by, um, um, how is called? Um, I don't recall the English term, sorry. Um, yeah, them. Yeah. It's right. By them. Um, yeah. Um, well, and uh, basically, it's fully, it's all gold bars, um, you know, for around 400 ounces of poor Troy fine gold. Um, and uh, the beauty of it is that you can actually redeem on for full gold bars. So, of course, being uh, 400 uh, ounces, you have to redeem for the entire bar. We are not going to sue to, to, to start cutting the bar. We plan to start using smaller bars for um, allowing r- smaller redemptions. And we deliver the gold bar anywhere in Switzerland. Of course, for international uh, shipping, is it's going to be crazy. So, you know, we can ship only in Switzerland. And so you can come get your gold bar and, and uh, go away and ship it compliant to, you know, the rules of your own country. <laughs> but, but you can't um, take it with
1: you because if you enter that country, they say, hey, do you have $10,000 more value? Like, oh, no, no, I just got this. Yeah, I got this big-ass bar of gold here. Sorry, bro. <laughs> They're like, this is ours now.
2: <laughs> well, you can do, like, uh, you can, in fact, reduce, you know, you can do smaller, like, one kilos bar or half a kilos bar and so on. So we are setting that up, right? It started recently, this this new project. And uh, mm-hmm. the goal is fully held in, in Switzerland. I mean, it's been, Switzerland has been proved to be in the safest place for gold throughout the, the history and years. Um. So, but that is, you know, the thing with gold is that uh, I come from Italy and know, uh, you know, it's gold is extremely well understood by immigrants, right? From the populations that have always to have something, you know, under their pillows because they may, you know, their the geopolitics of that, that those areas were kind of weird and, and crazy. Um, the same happens with India, with, with Turkey, with, uh, you know, Venezuela and the others, right? So I think that gold is, uh, is quite interesting for that aspect. But really, no, no way that uh, all. I mean, from what we are seeing, uh, no other national currency has any shot against the dollar. Honestly, um, if you can you go- explain
0: for me, Paulo? Maybe uh, th- this makes sense in some way when I look at the gold price right now. As we're uh, doing this interview, it's seventeen hundred and thirty-nine an ounce. The gold price of XAUT is $1,705. Why is there such a discrepancy in the trading price of the uh, the, the tether gold versus the market price of gold right now?
2: So we um, asked to keep the market... Uh, um the business model viable. We have to apply twenty five basis points issuance in the redemptions, right? So you know you have to carry a uh, physical gold gold bar and so on. So of course that is reflected in the price. So if of course if you hold like um, a gold note or a future, that is different because you know you sell it on the market and you know there is um, there is no actually carrying of the underlying. But if you are actually selling a, a piece of a gold bar. That has certain requirements that also are physical requirements. And so that's actually
1: true to this day, Joel. If I try to go to some place and buy some physical gold, there's always a little bit of a premium on that. If I want to buy gold coins or if I want to buy silver coins, there's the spot price and then there's the price that it actually is. So there is always a little bit of a difference. And there's not much of a difference really comparatively of XAUT versus the price of gold comparatively. It would seem like it seems a little bit lower. But though paper gold is such a problem, Paolo. I mean, what is it for every real physical ounce of gold? There's like 500 fake paper ones from ComEx. And it's very similar to that with silver. For every silver physical ounce, there's 200 plus some odd stuff, fake ones. And so the fact that you're actually pulling in physical ones and stating that definitively, that is a much bigger thing because realistically, there's about 500 times less gold in the world than they claim and about 200 times less silver than they claim overall
0: right
2: yeah the the basically the point that um, i hear many people doing is that uh the gold the price is kept low by the immense future markets that Ooh. you know are like uh, you know uh 10 times bigger than the actual gold you know physical gold market so the but But, you know, in a critical geopolitical situation, you know, there might be a breaking point where the gold, actual physical gold price cannot be kept stable anymore. And that could be an interesting um, event. Right. So. you know they, you can say the very same thing goes for for bitcoin right so the <laughs> the size of the the future markets i mean it's, it's and that's crazy. kind of keeping the
1: price of bitcoin down maybe is those for those yeah. futures which there's Absolutely. a lot of traditional financial mechanisms that really shouldn't be in crypto because of how they can manipulate things like that right that's always yeah. been my opinion as soon as futures popped up you could see the market getting weird you can see some of these other things popping out the market's getting weird so hopefully we can keep the weirdness out of crypto and only the weird people can stay in crypto like us. Yes.
0: Yeah. Crypto needs weirdness. Well, Paul, appreciate you coming on today and uh, letting us put your feet to the fire a little bit. I'm sure we're not the first and we won't be the last and we will be looking forward to a few months from now. Hopefully, as you say, seeing the, this outside audit and allaying people's fears even further. Uh, but um Let's hope UST, USDT remains as stable as promised.
2: Absolutely, it will. Thank you very much, guys. It was a really fun.
0: Well, Sir Lord Travis, how do you feel about that? Do you feel like Paulo um, answered the questions to the satisfaction of yourself and to our listeners?
1: Well, I think that uh, he d- definitely put some uh, some insights on it that we maybe didn't have. And uh, he says that, well, it's very secure. So, of course, somebody in his position would say that. So I guess we shall see. So, you know, use stable coins at your own risk of stability or instability. It's up to Mm -hmm. you.
0: Mm -hmm. So uh, we appreciate you guys listening and we appreciate reviews, good, bad or indifferent. We tell you, hey, if you're going to if you really like the show, give us a five star review and feel free to be funny. If you're just going to be a whiny little bitch, then you know, why, why bother, right? Why put that out there? Well, this guy did. Uh, EYCSFCA reviewed us with a one-star review, stoking election conspiracies. I've enjoyed some of the industry insights, but stoking election election conspiracies make me question their credibility. Uh, Friend, the fact that you are not questioning the elections totally makes me question your credibility. And yeah. your ability to be a self-thinker. I mean, this is, uh, here's how bad it is, Travis, that in Mojave County, the gentleman on the board at Mojave County that has to certify the votes was told that if he did not certify the votes, he was committing a felony and would be arrested. So he right, actually said that. that. He said yeah. that. And he's like, all right, so I vote I." I mean, is this America? Uh, if that doesn't, if you don't you-
1: certify that you're getting a felony, like, well, yeah. like, but if it's incorrect, d- do I, did you get a felony? Like who's, who's giving out the felonies? Well, the head of the, the head of the election committee over there was actually one of the people who was running for governor like that in itself. You should be like, eh, I need to stand down on this one. Yeah. You know, so
0: we we got uh, we got one star review from this fella. Sorry to see you go. Hopefully you will be more open minded in the future to the fact that you might be eating yeah. up some of the narrative that they're feeding you on the little spoon out of the baby food jar. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Gerber. I'm glad to
1: see you go. I'm glad to see you go. If you're an idiot, get out of here. I don't want to talk no, to no,
0: an we, idiot. We welcome idiots. We, we,
1: well, we, we welcome some idiots, but you got to be a free thinking
0: idiot. I, I listen. I don't have everything right. There's many times in in my life that uh, that I've been. No, I want to rant, Joel. Kahn. I want to rant. An idiot. This guy though gave us four stars. Uh, John K. Fifty three seventy four. Four stars. This show is reasonably funny. Which you know what? That is high praise. This is if true. We, by, we are
1: reasonably funny.
0: If we can get hot by with reasonably funny. That's, yeah that's pretty good
1: that should maybe be our new byline welcome to the right. bad crypto podcast we're reasonably reasonably
0: funny, funny. I, I like and that.
1: we're in, we're and, and according to some we're not reasonable what is it Irreasonable? What, unreasonable Unre-
0: unreasonable <laughs> Irreasonable. Yeah, see, we, don't even,
1: we don't even know how to say it
0: see i like that so we're,
1: we're non-reasonable when it comes to things that you don't like we're we're unreasonable no we're, uh, we're very
0: reasonable we're irreasonable uh, the uh, the Bad Crypto Nifty Club, it's rocking and rolling. Every day people are signing up. You might want to as well because we're dropping free NFTs. In fact, our next episode is uh, going to welcome back G. Edward Griffin. This mm. dude is a living legend. You don't want to miss this. And I could tell you now that there is going to be a free NFT. So to join the Bad Crypto Nifty Club, go to badcrypto.uncut.com. Dot FM, as you see here. And you're going to want to scroll through the John McAfee ones. Those some of those are for purchase. But the Bad Crypto Nifty Club right here, this is the one you need to own to get the free airdrops. And it's going to cost you two million dollars. No, that's not right. Two dollars and 42 cents as of right now. Point zero zero two wrapped ETH. Um, that's to keep the bots away. And then the free airdrops are going to come your way. So keeping really the bots
1: way. away keeping the bots away hey you know last night I listened to I watched um uh have you seen this yet Bo Burnham his insights sp- his special that he did when he was just inside the house
0: no have you seen that That's
1: yet oh, oh my god I will go on and say it's borderline creative genius okay um, I, w- Netflix? I would say that Netflix and I would say this it's so funny that netflix was basically like okay we want another special that do you have any outtakes from it and so he basically uh, created another one called outtakes from inside and he stayed in that house for 200 and some odd days creating this thing and he made all the songs then he made all the videos for each one of the songs then all the lighting it's it's impressive i i was i had just listened to somebody played a song and i Called White Woman's Instagram, and I was laughing. I listened to the song on Spotify. And I was like, haha And then he had another song that was catchy, and I was like, "Oh, that's good." And then I realized it was on Netflix, and I don't normally peruse Netflix all that much, but I went and watched it. I was I was blown away by the dude's genius. I think that, and all he's right. pretty, and he's pretty aware too. So when you you read between the lines, you can see how he kind of thinks. Uh, Travis's oh, totally
0: good. unsponsored pitch for Bo Burnham. Um, I'm yeah, going to go give good. it. A, I'll, I'll give it a watch for sure. It I was good. like the laugh. Uh, Hey, Trav, we got a bunch of uh, voicemails from people. What would you think of doing a uh, a listener feedback show here in the near future?
1: I think the near future sounds good. Let's do that. I think in the very near future, I'm going to eat some food, though.
0: So here's what you guys need to do if you want to be in the feedback show: email us at badcryptopodcast at gmail.com. You can ask us questions. You can give us feedback. Tell us what you think. You can just tell us stay bad. Tell us uh, you know what how the show has has helped you or hurt you. How we've lended way. how we've lended
1: credence to conspiracy theories. Yeah, that's all good. Which I don't know if it. you know Joel. I don't know if you know Joel. Conspiracy theories are like eighteen an zero right now. So I don't have somebody who can come uh, in and be I like.
0: Conspiracy realist or call us. Here's the bad crypto hotline number 708-885-9030. 708-885-9030. Call us. We'd love to hear your voice. And we'd especially love to hear from the crypto checks. Like, Uh and we know you're out there. Don't be shy. Call us, ask questions, give feedback, tell us a joke, tell us to stay bad, tell us to get lost, whatever you want. Like we'll and we'll gather those up uh and do a listener Show we'll put the spotlight on you guys mm. here sometime in the near future.
1: Yeah, we're gonna do it for episode number six six six.
0: Oh, that would actually be <laughs> the episode <laughs> of the beast. Oh <laughs> um, uh, my! That was
1: me just bullshitting. I don't even know what episode are we on now. Like six, uh, this is six
0: fifty five, like- and we're okay. glad that you guys listen. Thanks again. We'll catch you on the next episode with G Edward Griffin. Until then, stay bad.
1: reasonably bad we <laughs>